0: Health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own Number One Living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The Number One Living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland & Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. Welcome back to a new series of I Am. We've got so much to offer, I think, over the next few months that you're really going to enjoy as we continue to evolve and change and adapt and grow, whether we like it or not. It's a chance, and opportunity to interact differently, to see how we perceive these incredibly big, deep messages about human potential. It's all about uncovering that new space in our lives to relax and grow, to breathe, to heal, to create and trust, to connect, to express, and most importantly, just to experience deeply more about life and ourselves. The first guest that is going on this road is Peter Krohn, the mind architect, a man who helps so many people, plenty of those in elite sport and in business. To transcend their limits and to find new dimensions to their performance to their relationships and to life itself and what these people have to say about peter and the impact he's had upon them yeah that's impressive it's clearly makes a difference so i'll give an example what one lady says she says meeting peter was like coming face to face with the buddha einstein and mike myers all in one yeah that's a pretty big statement i personally got a good taste of Peter's gift during our conversation when he continued to make these casual but alarmingly accurate and powerful observations about my psyche and history but without any real information or depth of investigation just from observing I think how I was speaking so a truly fascinating guy that I can't wait for you to 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 listen to and hear what he has to say his inspirations he says often arise in the form of Sort of short sayings or quotes, and he shares loads of them during the podcast. They're good. They're the sort of good that makes you want to write them down and put them in your pocket and just keep them with you. So I feel like these sort of things are going to hit home for anyone that chooses to tune in, as will the whole interview, which is available from Thursday. So please do check it out. So, what I want to talk about for my little Tuesday slot here is something that came up during our conversation for me life is a process of revelation it's about revealing our true nature which we could say is our potential which i also think is sort of somewhat boundless right like when someone says like i'm going to help you realize your potential it's a beautiful intention but it sort of seems to imply there's this finite expression of it and I I don't think there is. So what I do is I help people get out of their own way, whether they be athletes like yourself or entertainers, stay-at-home parents or executives, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're human, you suffer and I'm here to help mitigate and remove that. Now for me, potential is just possibility. It's not about what's been, it's not about what is, it's just about pure possibility. What that spacious, amazingness and realizing potential seems to be this idea of bringing that vision or that desire into the physical world so it can become something we can touch, tangibly feel, and interact with. When we're children, I think young children, the way that I certainly experience life, we're so adept at connecting to that amazing imagination world We live in pure possibility. We see possibility everywhere. We're so creative. We're so able to play and to inspire. We're so energized and vibrant. But somehow we become more and more physically oriented to this apparent real world. And by becoming more physically oriented in that way, it starts becoming about adding more to yourself, finding out an idea that you can live as in this world, finding out who you are, adding more to it, comparing it, competing with others. And all these lessons that we pick up from these endeavors, they seem to be based on that really strong cultural idea that our success and worth is in what we achieve, what we earn, what we own, our power and our status. And because everyone's doing it, And because it's all we see, everything seems to be obeying it, these apparent laws of life that belong to the physical world, the laws that I guess also begin with time and space that makes us feel separate from each other and makes us feel finite in our time here. They create this very solid understanding of life, which is hugely corroborated by what our five physical senses Tell us constantly, but our physical senses can only tell us physical things. So we reinforce this idea with what we see, touch, feel, taste, and smell that we are very, very separate and still also very, very finite. And because we therefore are so drawn into that world, we disbelieve so easily the possibility of anything else. This physical existence becomes our total reality and that imagination world which is so much more free, so much more subtle, so much more spacious, so much more energized, it becomes infected, I think, and hugely limited by these quote-unquote real-world understandings. You only have to see the result of this in the way that we speak, how our language changes. There's so many absolutes we talk so strongly about, what can and can't happen, what will never happen. And another one being, what will always happen. Good and bad takes form very quickly, as does right and wrong. And in the same way, we seem to box up other people so easily with generalizations and strong judgments. And we absorb and assume so easily the narrative that fits our beliefs that comes from outside of us, whether it be from people in our social circles or wider apart in the media that we pick up different forms in daily life? Big questions that for me in this case would be, before we make these big statements, and they are huge statements, to speak of what can and can't be done, to tell yourself, convince yourself what can never be done, and what will always happen, is a huge limitation to put upon yourself. It's a huge step away from the beauty and the freedom of that dream world. So I guess the question would be, before we make such a step, have we explored every single atom or subatom, or even the, the field of possibility underneath them before we draw these thick black lines in the sand? Have we explored every single possibility of our own being? Or have we taken time to step into another's shoes, not just for a minute, not just in a kind of brief moment, but to really step into their shoes, not just as they are now, but into every possibility of what they may have been through, every single infinite possibility of what someone else's life might be like before we cast such solid definitions over them. Have we explored every single possibility before we make these claims that I guess essentially lock us up in our own cages? For me, the answer is no, I haven't. I haven't even come close. I made huge judgments about people and about how life could and couldn't be, how it should and shouldn't be without even going near any of these. It just wasn't of any interest to me in the journey of becoming someone special, standing out, power, success. It was all about how strongly you could define others and by judgment, compare and refer to yourself. But what do we really know then? Those physical and really convincing laws are interesting. But simply by shutting our eyes and tuning into our sensations with a, a little bit of silence and peace, we start to realize, I think, and this blew me the way, away the first time, certainly I came into contact with the idea. In this eyes closed state, we realize that there is no outside of our body that is sensing the outside of our body itself is just a sensation. We don't know anything of a body that is experiencing. We know only of the experience itself. So what is experiencing and also what is this experience taking place within? For me, this spaciousness, the lack of boundaries was an immediate challenge to everything my five senses were trying to tell me. Science itself has been looking for that independently standing material world, but it can't find any solid boundaries or any solid building blocks that would, I guess, give evidence of true separation or our finite nature. It can't find an end to the universe. When we listen to our own experience, I guess, but also the experience of others, we start to ask, have we or anyone else, ever uncovered anything deep and meaningful in terms of insights into who we are by acquiring more and more material possessions or gaining more and more recognition. Certainly the deathbed messages that I've been in contact with and listened to have always stated the opposite, that the inner world is where it all exists. But going from the known, the realized, back to the unknown and the unrealized, for me it involves A journey of awareness we find that awareness comes first we can become aware of our feelings and our thoughts rather than indulging them or being recruited by them and as we do this our thoughts and feelings gently gradually sometimes in different ways they release all the meanings and conclusions that are held within them in all our old reactions they're all released the habits and the patterns can be released and as they are They allow us to see that we are not them, that they are simply things arising within us, just the same as all the other sensations. And as these meanings are relinquished, then so are we liberated from this enormous hold of cause and effect that belongs to that physical world of time and space. So we no longer become the result of anything. We don't become the victim of anything. We're not a result of our past or enslaved to the opinions of others or the unpredictable outcomes around us now in the past, or the ones that we fear may be in the future. So we ourselves move beyond these laws of time and space that takes us beyond the physical into choice. And I think a whole load more of who we really are. We shift into that realm beyond the boundaries of this apparent real world and into the realm of the undefined again where we can begin to recognize ourselves as being pure possibility. It's amazing how that journey, speaking as a child, suddenly clicks into wanting to become a someone, to stand out, to stand above, to be known, to be revered. And this journey now is moving away from that back to a no one. A humbling, sometimes humiliating journey of vulnerability and openness that takes us back into a space of nothingness where we can actually gain access again to everything and all possibility. This is a very different understanding of realizing our potential. It's the meaning of realizing that we simply become aware of more and more of it as we start to see through the illusion of the limits. In this way, our memory becomes nothing but pure opportunity an incredible, creative, ever-expanding database to continue to explore and shift around and uncover new things about instead of that solid, continuous story that is telling us who we are and how things have to be in the future. That solid narrative that props up our identity that we somehow want to be free from but are desperate also to keep. Our imagination opens up into a boundless field of possibility once again, I guess, it becomes the doorway to inspired communications and discussions with something far greater. We enter into a kind of relationship with the world that extends beyond those five senses and connects us compassionately and lovingly with other people on the planet, instead of leaving us fighting each other for scraps and using each other to feel better about ourselves. So the challenge then going from the known to the unknown is to commit to our imagination as our priority. And as we do, we can then begin to play more, become more playful with this apparent real world. I think we have it the other way around. We are so committed to the world that we see and interact with that our imagination becomes nothing but a brief escape one that we pay so little attention to because it seems almost irrelevant, but it's definitely not the case. Science is finding out over and over again as we hear in this series of podcasts that what's happening on the inside of our being, our intention, our desires, our energy is influencing massively the outside. So as we commit to that humble nothingness, the no-oneness, we can see it becomes an immense portal to our infinite worth. We begin to be able to play more again with the idea of who we are. We can start to enjoy playing roles in this world rather than feeling fixed and shackled by some kind of true identity. As we begin to inhabit this amazing energy of our imagination world, a world of no laws, a world of no regulations, no limits, where we can be as we want to be, where we can explore freely, where we can uncover and piece together creatively, as we inhabit that energy and choose to take it with us into this physical world and remain loyal to it and accountable to it, we start to see that These are not two separate entities at all. A beautiful example, I think, that works really well here is looking at children and the way that they learn languages. I played rugby abroad in France. We saw many people, myself not being one of them, but many people, young parents with young children in a new country. Within six months, the children were speaking fluent French. Within years, parents were still struggling to get past the basics. Children learn without allowing their self-worth to be impacted without obeying the real world laws of it's going to be difficult and this is how it must be getting things wrong doesn't harm their imagination they're still able to have that trust that faith because in the lawless world of their own imagination why wouldn't they and using that and being able to resiliently bounce back every time with something more It just unfolds, unfolds in the most effortless, beautiful way. These two worlds, therefore, the imagination and the apparent real world, they overlap hugely. We discover that our open, receptive and joyful, curious nature can immensely influence this apparently solid and difficult to to shift and sometimes world of survival in ways that we just cannot even begin to imagine. Or maybe we can. I mean, who knows? So that, I hope, was the first of the Tuesday episodes that you might get something from, that you might trigger something. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what's coming up in in me and what's being explored by the guests as we go through this series. It's so interesting to hear about your own journeys, to hear what's shifting and how things are are falling into place or what's arising that you find difficult, what's creating resistance. Whatever it is, do feel free to share it with us. We have an email address that is hello at iampodcast.co.uk, which is where you can get in contact with us, leave your thoughts, your contributions, and anything else that you want to share It's so great being on this journey with you. There's so much to come. I can't wait. I can feel that things are moving in an amazing direction and being on that journey together just makes it even more awesome. So I can't wait to see you for the next one. Keep in touch, take care, and we'll catch up soon. My name's Johnny Wilkinson. This is the I Am Podcast with Peter Crone. So that's it for another episode of I Am. It's brilliant to be sharing this unfolding experience with you all. If you'd like to get in touch with either me or the guest, then all the information you need is in the show notes. I welcome all and any feedback. I really want all of you to have a hand in guiding the feel of this show and the path of the conversation as well. So just keep them coming in. And until next time, I'm Johnny Wilkinson, and this has been I Am. This show is brought to you by Mags Creative, The executive producer is Megan Hill-Smith. Assistant producer is Alex Macy.